0: Blank Jack with Griffin and David Blank Jack with Griffin and David Don't know what to say or to expect All you need to know is that the name of the show is Black Jack
1: Which would you choose? A world with podcasts or a world without? What do you mean? Humanity has always dreamt of flying, but the dream is cursed. My aircraft are destined to become tools for slaughter and destruction. I know. But still, I choose a world with podcasts in it.
2: Yeah. Which world will you choose? Yeah. World with podcasts in it. That's the question. Well, I don't think our podcasts are going to be used for war. Yeah. Yet.
0: Yet. Maybe torture. Yet. Exactly. Like uh, Zero Dark Thirty. Uh-huh. Crank up the blank check. Yeah. Might be used as evidence against me. Right.
1: It's been an hour and fifteen minutes, they still (laughs) didn't start discussing the movie.
0: (laughs) Why are
2: they chewing so much on Mike? They only had 45 minutes with Lulu Wong and they spent it talking about Britney Spears! (laughs) Yeah, yeah, keep going.
1: Better be thinking twice about naming names. Uh, <sighs> yes, our podcast is Considered Warfare, and that podcast is <laughs> Blank Check with Griffin and David. I'm Griffin. I'm David. It's a podcast about filmographies. Directors of massive success early on in their career, given a series of blank checks, to make whatever crazy passion projects they want. Sure. Sometimes those checks clear. Sometimes they bounce, baby. Blank. And sometimes the filmmaker takes the second check and then founds an entire studio so that they can make whatever they want right. to totally follow their whims, and then at the end of a career... Marked by a kind of unparalleled artistic success and freedom. Mm-hmm. He takes a long look in the mirror and questions whether he ever should have done any of it. <laughs>
2: it's pretty good, right? I can't deal with this fucking movie. No? I can't do, I can't do I can't, with
0: this I guy I can't. I can't.
1: I can't. I Who can't. is Miyazaki? I, I thought he I kind of had nut. it figured out, and I can't. I can't. Oh, my God. Ben and I were talking I about how we is don't is. know how to
2: talk about this fucking thing. Oh, really? Oh, you guys are idiots. We're, we're idiots. Idiots. I have a big mustache. I'm calling us an idiot. Idiots.
1: Mace here's on the films of Hayao Miyazaki. Hell yeah. It's called Howl's Moving Podcast. Hell yeah. And we're on our final episode. Hell yeah. For The Wind Rises, which was meant to be his final film. Right. We're doing a little bonus for the documentaries.
2: You know, was it meant to be his final film? I just, I don't believe that shit anymore. Because you could say it about, like, so many of his movies. I feel... This one feels like a final movie. That's what I was
1: going to say. And also, when it came out, I feel like everyone responded like, I think he means it this time. And I think they responded that way because of... The finality. Content of
2: the movie. Right. And of course, his advancing age.
1: Right. And then they like briefly shut the studio down, right? Uh, Takahata had died.
2: Takahata dies later. But uh yeah, this you know, the studio did get shut down. Um, it was one of those sort of things where he was like, Well, I wasn't saying we were gonna shut it down for good, but also it seemed like there were money troubles. Yeah. I don't know. That that may have also been business related, but he definitely he retired. He retired. Yeah. But then Neon retired
1: again. He has a question to ask us. How do you live? How do you live? Right? It's like... And my answer after watching this movie is... Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Not comfortably. <laughs> I think... Have I <laughs> Not said... Not with any peace of mind. <laughs> well,
0: right, so A you, level of nuance that <laughs> just makes me want to fold uh, into myself and die. <laughs> that is... Th- thank you, Ben.
1: You have perfectly... <laughs> Verbalize my my like existential crisis watching this movie where i was like i d- i just don't know how to deal with anything. everything is too complicated you have you have revealed a level of nuance and forced me for three months to get introspective of things that I cannot solve internally well, also things that will wrestle inside me this, for the rest of my life good however many more minutes that good lasts. many
2: no, but it's like he's like well art you know creative suffering work is it all worth it and it seems like this new one he's doing he's like I'm retired and then he's like what about living is yeah. that worth it yeah I mean I. Could, what about human
1: existence I could use that pick me up now <laughs> right I'll here. say that I wish that movie was coming out tomorrow I
2: think it's coming out next year yeah if he's um, making
1: a movie that's just like, boy, is it great to be alive?
2: I, I don't, don't know if it's it. gonna have like a sort of singing in the rain I'm style hoping. buoyancy. I'm hoping. I mean, the didn't I read this quote to you? I can the Toshirô Suzuki, uh, the um, uh, producer, uh-huh. said that he is working on How Do You Live as a way of saying to his grandson, right? Grandpa is moving into the next world soon, but he will be leaving this film behind because he loves you. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, that should be the reason for like any Marvel movie. What if Kevin Feige just came out and he's like, we're making Thor for, because I'm moving on into the next world soon. And yeah. I love you. Uh, th- th- uh,
0: yeah, fans would be like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, who's, is Heimdall back?
1: Yeah. I'll be moving on to the next world, running for senator. Hey. That's the question. What does Feige do whenever he's done with Marvel? There was a point in time where everyone's belief was like he will finish his Marvel run and then try to take over Star Wars because he's apparently a big Star Wars fan and he would want to deal with that sandbox. But now I wonder if for him it's fucking worth it. The Marvel is it run is so successful in a way that is unparalleled and Star Wars has been so fraught with ups and downs despite being some of the highest grossing films in history. Right. Uh that I think he'll just be like, I'm gonna do this Marvel thing until I become president of the United States. I mean Right.
2: He's probably all right.
1: I just feel like he can't move on to any other I'm thing. I'm not saying in I want Feige to be
2: president, nor am I like particularly like uh excited at the idea of anyone being president, really, but certainly any like, you know, big shot rich person. But uh I mean he'd probably be fine. He'd be like, I don't know. You just sit there. Wouldn't bother me, right? Just do, do a lot- like a PowerPoint every yeah, six gonna, months, uh, right? Yeah. He'd wear baseball caps.
1: Yeah, he'd get a different baseball cap for, for every, every state. Right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and he'd swap them out. I don't know. He'd talk some moderately exciting, sort of young politicians into like being his cabinet members. And then you'd be like, oh, they kind of lost their edge. But I mean, there's a lot of competency here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, maybe America, he'd be like, Marvel, competent, right. not too challenging. Right, America can be that again. <laughs> like right. That would be his bitch. And there'd be a bunch of people. You no, know, America right now, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa.
1: <laughs> there'd be a bunch of people in his cabinet where you were like, oh my God, I thought she was going to be like the next great politician. Right. She's sort of gotten stuck in, in housing and it feels like yeah. they don't know what to do with her. Should, I mean, but She's like, under like, contract. No major screw ups. <laughs> right. right. Yeah,
2: it's but fine. it's just like she doesn't have
1: like a ton to do.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> All right, so. I you for president. I'm sure. I don't know. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> matters Whatever. anymore. I mean, Marvel's an American success story, I suppose. <sighs> I never get that. What? I hate businessmen and women, mostly, uh-huh. obviously men, when they're like, America should be run like a business. And I run a good business. So won't I run it? I mean, why should America be? run? America whoever said run that? A business. When, when has America ever been run like a business?
1: This, this is the, this is, I'm ready You're to tackle it.
2: Political all of a
1: this is the very, the very fundamental issue with the American dream. Oh.
2: <laughs> America, get ready to get roasted. I, I, I
1: Call the Boston market. Cause I'm roasting this turkey ass right now. Okay.
2: <laughs> ben Franklin is spinning in his grave. On a spit roast. Cause <laughs> I'm roasting him, baby. I'm doing a roasting motion. This is the problem. Yeah.
1: I feel a majority of Americans interpret the American dream as I can become a billionaire.
2: Uh-huh. Right, that becomes right, the right, greatest like, aspiration. This no matter a- my circumstances, I could succeed to great wealth.
1: America does not have aristocracy in the same sort of sense. We're finally getting yeah, to a level where now there are enough storied, moneyed families. But still, there was the idea that yeah, anyone
0: right, could yeah, become yeah, a billionaire yeah, tomorrow.
2: America, land of opportunity.
1: Right.
0: So You could
2: strike gold. Right. That's true.
1: The majority of Americans... God, I heard
2: about some gold. You guys want to go strike it?
1: The Matthew McConaughey
2: movie?
1: <laughs> I'd love to strike up a new print. I'd love to see that in 35. Would you? The problem is, as, as Stephen Gagan intended. <laughs> Did he? Director of Dr. Doolittle.
2: Yeah, that's true.
1: Which will be coming out uh, 2074. <laughs> yeah,
2: right. You just got to get that squirrel back. He ran away.
1: I think people like the idea of America being run like a business because <laughs> they're like, man, people work for businesses make a lot of money. Yeah, sure. And everyone votes against their—not everyone. Too many people, people vote, against, vote against their best interest because they're like, "Well, I want to be protected once I make my million. Right? I'll make my million like two two years from now, and then I don't want to have to pay any taxes."
2: Well, that's silly,
1: American. If that's what people are doing. The bad—that's more like an American nightmare. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like splash some cold
2: water on that face, waking you up. I'm doing a kind of a. Leaning on my hand, American tell me more, sort of. Nightmare.
1: Uh, whew, fucking
2: hell. Green why are we should an about album about this.
1: Because this is what Miyazaki does.
2: What does he do? What, discombobulates you? Yes. Him? To the point that you're wondering why Americans vote against their self-interest? Yes. I don't know what to do with this movie. Uh, really? Yeah. So you watch this movie. It's uh-huh. called The Wind Rises. I did watch it. You hadn't seen it before. I had not. Um... You're, you've are you been ruminating on Miyazaki's career. Watching a lot of them in Watching and a lot of pretty them. compressed time period. Yeah, in about a month. You've yeah. sort of done the Miyazakis. Yes. Month and a half, something right. like that. Right. It's a movie about a guy, mm-hmm. young man, who has a dream. He wants to create. He wants to make something beautiful. On one
1: hand, a very simple movie. He loves this one thing. He loves planes. He just wants to make this simplest best plane in the, the world, most
2: sort of like right elegant right, right. simplicity Effective. right, right. Yeah, yeah yeah he wants that and also then like you know he, real human life and love messily interferes as it always will right sure. you know and so he has to contend with that and there's a balance one can't strike and all that and then at the end he's sort of like was it all worth it and the guy's like i don't know but it's beautiful well, but you're leaving out a big element. What's the big element?
1: Which is the thing that he wants to make right. and it make beautifully ended up,
2: right. will kill everybody. <laughs> well, not everybody. It will destroy. Cuba Gooding Jr. survived Pearl Harbor okay. in Pearl Harbor. And, and thank ben, God ben, for that. Ben d- doesn't make it. Ben no, doesn't make it? No, Ben make makes it? it, but Josh doesn't? Is that the end of Pearl Harbor? Producer Ben doesn't make it? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> the ben Ducer doesn't make it? This Ben's okay. Producer Ben doesn't make it?
1: The Poet Laureate? The Haas? The Tiebreaker? The Peeper? The Kamish? The Booker? Oh. Birthday Benny? Yeah. So can we Benny? Why not Benny? Third by Benny?
0: I make it. The first detective?
1: Did I say that one already?
0: No. The fuck master? Is that Professor Christopher? No.
1: He's graduates a different time. a different master. I can't believe we're doing ah.
2: the
1: name. Is so Ben? Yeah. The participant? <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. You're stuck that already? Ben Hedgeham uh-huh. won. Ben's eight. Right. Ailey Ben's with a dollar sign. Uh, Warhaz. Uh, say Bennything dot dot dot. Uh, Ben and, and the Fennel Maker. Perdue Bain. Mr. Ben Credible. The Hosliday. Uh, the Benglish. Uh, the uh, fucking Haz. Yeah. Uh, Eat Drink Ben Hosley. Mm. Jerry, sign Ben. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, wait, no, wait, fuck. Uh, 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 who did we do right before this?
2: Michael Mann, but you're forgetting Burton as well. Oh,
1: Beetle Vape Juice. Right. He is now Haseka of the Jersey of the Ditch. Right, but
2: you're also public Benemy number one. Oh, he's
1: public Benemy number one. Did oh, I get yes. all the other people?
2: Uh, I think so, yeah. I think you got them all. Yeah. You got Nancy in there, yeah, yeah. This is the hustle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice setup. Yes. So we did lose Ben Affleck. He, I, I no. It, is it hard? I. It's not great that I don't remember which of the two boys dies at the end of Pearl Harbor. I, I think it's Hartnett.
1: I have never seen that movie.
2: Wait, really? Yeah. Well, I shouldn't be spoiling it for you then. Yeah, one of spoiler. one of them gets sort of you know tragically killed. Does Miracle win? Well, I mean, it's one of the funny things about Pearl Harbor. Like, obviously. No, it was devastating, but then Michael Bay like tacks on an hour-long sequence where he's like, but then we did this thing, and we kind of won when we did that, so uh, yeah, America! That's one of the many weird things about Pearl Harbor. (laughs) Gotta do Michael Bay. He'll be on the bracket? He'll be on the bracket. That's the thing with this movie,
1: though, is like, you know, all these like... uh, the Miyazaki sort of like uh, mentality of like, you know, a life is about committing yourself to a thing and learning how to do it perfectly and giving it your all. Right. But that and may doing also so consume honestly. and destroy you. Right. It might consume and destroy you. Right. And this one adds the element of also the thing you make might destroy others. Right. You will have no control over how it is interpreted and how it is used and the effect it has right. on others.
2: Right. but I don't. I mean, obviously, that is the message of The Wind Rises. Yeah. But I'm not sure if that's what he was drawn to as much as the first thing. Because that you know, that was the sort of trouble he got in when everyone was like, wait, is this movie like pro him or pro war or anything like that? And he's like, no, I'm not pro war. I'm very anti war. Yeah, I can't see how. You- and they were like, well, then why'd you pick this guy? And he's like, because he made these beautiful airplanes. And you're like, well, okay, but let's keep talking about it. And then he's, you know, whatever. He's walking off thinking about life.
1: No, but all this stuff from Miyazaki like, goes, like, you know, I, I, I hate. what these things have become. I hate the industry. I hate your virtual reality zombie. I hate your, you know, like, right. He has this very complicated relationship with the art form. He has committed himself to. Sure. He does not like what film and animation have become in culture. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And you sense that he has this uneasy relationship with the fact that, like, his characters are merchandise, even though they make money off of it and all these sorts right. of things. There's he's a, not literally equating it with death. Right. I was going to say
2: there's a, there is a bit of a divide there.
1: No, but I think, like, he looks at other things as a disgrace to humanity, other works in his same realm, you know? Where he's like, I'm trying to just do this the best I can. There's the thing you said in one of the early episodes, we were talking about his relationship with his son. Mm. And after his son made his first film, His response was, it was honestly made. It was honestly made. Which is one of the most cutting things I've ever heard.
2: It was made honestly, so it was good, I believe, was the uh, message he wrote his son after seeing it. It's not like he walked up to his son and was like, "Eh, it was pretty good. I mean, he made it very honestly. He was like, yes (laughs)
1: Candygram. not even a hug no
2: oh definitely not obviously we all have this impression of him as this impossibly stern man perhaps I mean he does have a jokier side you see it in some of the you know know, documentaries yeah of course right it's
1: fucking funny as shit
2: it is funny as shit
1: yeah um I don't know I just I think like even if that's not the thing that innately drew him to this story right mm-hmm uh there has to be some part of him that connects to that element uh, yeah. because he is too thoughtful a man to pick someone yeah no i don't think he's making this like blithely was then turned towards human death right you know it's not like he's like look i want to make a film about how i am a death merchant <laughs> but right, no he no. could have picked another artist he could have picked someone in another field
2: Mike, he had well of course he had this is based on his own manga Right. And he uh, No, no, wait. It was a late manga that was, a, was
1: serialized in a magazine. Right, it has right, now been collected right. a little bit, but it was like a watercolor sort of serialized five-part story based on the biography of this man
2: from the 50s. No, it's not based on that. It's not? No, it is based on a Japanese novel. Oh, about, interesting. About the sort of love story and this man who, a very famous Japanese right, novel. Right, right. This man who falls in love with a, a woman who has tuberculosis uh-huh. and like... Right. It's that it's that whole thing. That you know, that dynamic. That's the novel. And the novel is called The Wind Is Risen. Right. And then there is this real person who by all accounts had a perfectly normal family life. Interesting. And like kids and shit. But he is the
1: actual man who designed this actual thing. He is
2: this, you know, again, famous figure who designed the Zero, which was a very important airplane. So he Um, kind of combined the two. Not kind of. He combined the two. Fully combines the two. You're not supposed to watch the wind rises and be like it's crazy that the guy who made that airplane also had a wife who had tuberculosis. I mean, you might think that, but that's you yeah. know, a quick Google will disavow you of that notion. Sure. He's more just kind of like, no, here's this like romantic, sort of tragic narrative that's sort of famous in Japan right. about like the struggle between, you know, work and love and creativity and loss, right? Yeah, and then here's this guy who I feel like it represents it as well. So I'm well, smashing them together. Sort of how people use the
1: the Pocahontas narrative. Um, sure. Where everyone's like, they're, they're, yeah. there's yeah, no, like yeah, not I really a love story there." Right, and and people I remember, are people, like, people were
2: disappointed in the New World at the time, where they right. were like, "Why are you doing this?" Like very romanticized story right. of a person who was real, but like, right. Almost everything about her life is sort of fictionalized. And
1: the whole love story is mostly now thought to be conjecture based yeah, exactly. on the fact that she stopped her dad from killing him. Right, right. That people read into it and they're like, that must have been boning, huh? <laughs> Why else would someone spare another human's life? He
2: looks like Colin Farrell, maybe?
1: Well, that was Terrence Malick's big That was his take. take. Right. And a good one, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing, that people are able to make Pocahontas narratives because it's an incredible like entry point to then like dig into the messiness of colonization. Right. While also having this love story to hang a hook on. It's the same thing as fucking Titanic. Right. It's like take a fictionalized love story and use that as an entry point into a Mm -hmm. a great tragedy. Which is crazy. Yeah. Toxic Avenger. Toxic Avenger. Take a real thing that happened, the existence of New Jersey, (laughs) and pin a very romantic idealized narrative on top of it. What if a nerd was bullied so hard he fell into a vat of toxic waste? And then had a blind girlfriend <laughs> crush people's heads, <laughs> ripped guys' arms off. Yeah, you seen. The you've never fun. seen it? No. I love it, and it's one of those movies I'm a little afraid to rewatch. Oh, you yeah, think like, it's been right. a while? I mean,
2: I feel trauma like, is like, that's like trauma,
1: in yeah, but that's like the thing. It's like trauma is like designed to be problematic.
2: Like, yeah, tra- no, I know, I right. know, that was, right. It's, it's pre-Edgelord. It's,
1: right, but it's like, it's like edge lordy sort of John Waters equivalent kind of like, what's the f- most fucked up shit we can put in a movie? And even when I was young and loved Troma, I was like, I get that the point is that this is in horrific taste and that no one is supposed to actually, like, believe any of this. Sure. There's no, like, ideology to it. Uh, and Troma, of course, also is responsible for a lot of, like, important independent film, like, Getting Miyazaki distributed in the U.S. for the first time, right? Uh, but my memory of Toxic Avengers, I fucking love it.
2: Sure, okay, that's fine. I'm. Not, that's cool. That's cool.
1: Maybe we put him on the bracket. <laughs> put the, the, the Avenger himself, Lloyd Kaufman. Maybe we put Toxie on the bracket. Ask him to clean up the bracket. <laughs> he
2: cleans up. Why are we talking about the Toxic Avenger?
1: Because uh, oh, it was a joke about Toxic Avenger being like Titanic.
0: Okay. It was
1: really funny, and everyone loved it. <laughs> Whew. I've just been, look, I saw uh, uh, The Nightingale recently, okay? Mm. And I've already also just been in a funk. And Ben has been in a, a similar funk. Yeah. And Ben and I have been having a lot of powwows about, like, what the fuck is this world we live in? What is this, like, work we're trying to do? I should split you guys up. I not, know, oh, good you for he, shouldn't. No, we're literally, today,
0: my girlfriend was like, what, "What? what's going on? Are you upset? I'm like, I'm just sort of thinking about... Like, what's the point of life? Yes, she's like thing oh, I've been thinking about a lot. Uh, uh, okay, and yeah. yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, that's just yeah. sort of what's on my mind. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> chill,
1: chill, chill. Big feel, big feel, <laughs> big mood. Uh, there's all of that stuff, you know. Anytime things get rough, little little Lord Davy Sims just <laughs> walks out with his Clementine. <laughs> but Ben and I are staring into the eye of Sauron. Stop We're,
2: looking there. It's not good. You know, it's a bad eye. He, look, he's got some good points. No, he doesn't. He doesn't.
1: I don't like the racist stuff, but he's good for the economy. If, I, if you really break it down, Sauron's pretty good for the economy. Sauron
2: is insanely bad for the economy. He's good for the economy. <laughs> the gold rings. All these gold rings everywhere. It's like a
1: dozen
0: of them. Said, I could have a gold ring someday.
1: He said he was going to open up the factories again. He was like, he, he does do that. He promised me they were going to open up the factories again. Anyway, the point is, Ben and I have been uh, sort of assessing this hellscape and checking with each other periodically (laughs) Uh (laughs) while watching these very existential movies, and we have confided in each other that we've had a hard time watching these films because they have made us feel too much at a time when we're already big, gaping wounds. Overly sensitive.
2: Uh, It's like going to a steam room or something, you know, where you're like, yeah.
1: But I'm in this thing where I'm like, A, it feels so impossible to get anything made well on your own terms sure. Sure. then even more difficult to have it seen and then even when it gets seen it feels so often that it's then misinterpreted or used for bad in some kind of way um, that that the sort of futility of like what are we trying to do here as like the industry is eating itself alive uh, is making me feel shaky and then these movies are just like wow here's a guy who just like was like I'm gonna just have a studio. I'm gonna make my own films. We're never gonna try to be like a billion-dollar company, sure. you know? Right. Like we're just gonna truck along and stay the exact size where I know I can keep doing exactly what I want to do and never overreach, okay. which is a beautiful dream. Yeah, that has, by all accounts, kind of started to crumble only in the last four or five years.
2: Sure, but he has essentially sustained it for his entire life, right? I mean, which is arguably
1: incredible. Right.
2: I mean, his—not when he's a young man, but yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But then I just—I fall into all this stuff of just like, what's what's the
2: what's the goal? What do you mean? Are you asking me about the meaning of life? Yes. Do you want to just stand? It's the Keanu thing. It's the people we love. That's a hundred percent the answer. I don't really know what to tell people when they ask me that. It's so obviously true. It's the people you love and the things you experience and what you leave behind. It's not hard. I'm going to make him cry. I'm getting close, you know. I mean, but this
1: is the thing I'm grappling with. Like we're the, here for
2: each other. So
1: here's the thing: I I was really kind of like wrestling with in this movie. Not wrestling like is this good or bad, but every time it happened, I was like,
2: oh fuck, they knocked the air out of me again. I mean, it's an undoubtedly incredibly well-made movie. Correct. Like it's certainly not a movie you're going to watch and be like. Feel like he tossed that off. The
1: use of uh, what's the name of the Italian uh, uh, airplane engineer? uh, Yeah, uh, yeah.
2: Um, sorry, Uh, we'll find uh, Giovanni Caproni. Okay, so
1: Caproni in this film kind of functions like uh, Gusto in Ratatouille. Yes, one hundred percent. Where it's like here is a character who is a real person in the universe of this movie. Sure. Who uh, the character idolizes, our hero.
2: Yes, he will never meet him probably, but he like. But he has knows imaginary him. conversations yes, right, with right, right, right. this
1: man, yeah. who then gives him the life advice. Where you know one can assume safely if you're not believing it's a magical thing that right. this is in fact his unconscious speaking to him through the guise of the man who would have.
2: Who has his unconscious who's like, you must create, you right. must create, you right. know, like that. That's what, that side what would this guy right. say to
1: me if I met him? But, right. of right. course, right. it's what his brain can only imagine this guy would say to him. Right. And every time he sort of throws these big fundamental philosophical questions down on the table like that shit about the pyramids that I butchered at the beginning of this episode. Sure, right, right, right. Where he's sort of going like, but this war seems super fucked Mm -hmm. and these planes are going to be used to bomb people. Right. And he says this thing of like, well, the question is, do you want to live in a world without pyramids or not?
2: Right. You can't control. No, you, you can't. It's true, right? I mean. Right. It's a question people are asking all the time. It's like, how do I participate in society in a pure Manner, like, and it's not really possible unless right. you want to just like live on an island and like eat, you know, Correct. catch a fish out of the ocean every I mean, day. Even
0: think about science, like medicine. Yeah, like mm. because you're creating something that will hopefully cure someone's illness. Yes, but then the pharmaceutical company is going to gouge those right. people, by, like by setting some insane price that only very wealthy people have access to. It's yes. just, it's, it's maddening.
1: It's the thing I love about us, which is the other movie that totally fucked with my brain this mm. year, which is, I, I, bl-
2: I'm ready to watch that again. I am yeah, yeah, yeah. very I ready to watch Blu-ray that again. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I got the 4k steelbook okay. Uh it's really nice. That's Glossy why you,
2: what's the matter of life to you? The meaning of life. C- getting some good steel. Books. It's like the people we love and the things, you know, we, the things we feel and also getting those
1: steelbooks, baby. Can I, I mean, you want to know why I've been such in such a tailspin recently? <laughs> wow. Right before the release of Toy Story 4, Disney Pixar re released the first three Toy Story movies in 4K steelbooks with a very consistent art style. And now the steelbook that is incoming for Toy Story 4 has a radically different art style. What the fuck am I supposed to do with that?
0: What do you think? You should they do,
1: just re released them. It, it, it was a statement of intent. And of course, the fourth will be coming and it will match
2: this art style. For the listener, Griffin's skin has turned purple. And a a, a lot of bats have suddenly flown into the studio and are circling him. Toy Story 1, 2,
1: 3, hand-drawn, charming, illustrated, art style, representations of the films. Toy Story 4, some bad fucking posed stills of the characters,
2: like the stuff they use for the teaser posters. All right, now I'm going to have to look this up to see what's getting your goat so much.
1: No Toy Story steelbooks, and then we'll talk about that for 40 minutes. Um, uh, The thing... Wait, why were we Oh, oh, oh. It, this is
2: kinda lame, I right? It's just
1: the posters,
2: right? Like those characters. The ones posters,
1: which I don't right? like them, where they're they're of like the seat background. corny. But then
2: look up what the first three looked like. And to add insult to injury. I I mean look, you're a maniac, but I cannot deny that I mean it's a drop
0: off in quality here.
1: Those three are charming and you know, they're these other are cute, piece.
0: right? And you're showing me and and yet I have Nothing in here. Okay. <laughs> I'm pointing at my head. Well, let me
1: pour even more gasoline on the fire. In there, it's just the Toxic Avengers just walking around going like, rah,
0: rah.
1: Let me pour even more gasoline on the they fire. He
0: Ralph a high five.
1: Okay. He's giving, your head is just Toxic Avenger and Ralph. Ralph from The Simpsons? No, Racket. He's going to- Oh, act. Racket. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Ben's
0: two best friends. I know him on a 1st date basis. Yes.
1: First- they announced those three Toy Story Steelbooks, consistent art style. Then they announced the Toy Story 4 Steelbook, different art style. Then they announced that they're re-releasing seven of the other Pixar movies in 4K Steelbook with the art style matching the first three Toy Stories! Well, that's better. So the only thing that stands so out is the So maybe you fourth... wait. Maybe you wait. That's exactly what I'm doing, but it drives me crazy.
2: I mean, it's tough. You got a tough life. It's rich really podcasts. Life in New York with a beautiful woman who loves you. Uh, uh, please, Toy a protocol Story. droid. <laughs> Sorry. female protocol droid. Yes. Uh, You know, Toy Story, Steelbooks, you know. It's a nightmare. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a nightmare. I can't catch a break. <laughs> I know our listeners are just – they just had to sit down and start crying hearing you talk about that. Yes. They can't – they're overwhelmed with emotion for you. They are. I will say today someone posted on our Reddit like, does Griffin have like celiac disease? It's like trying to like hack your diet. Yeah.
1: That's how much they care about you. Guess what? Have fun. Every doctor has been trying to crack this for 30 years now and no one's gotten close. You know what it is? It's anxiety, motherfuckers. Yeah,
2: well. I try to eat I would, better. That would be my diagnosis.
1: I will test out different diets. Mm. Nothing seems to make it better or worse. Yeah. The only thing that seems to make it better or worse is my state of mind. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I've been pooping a lot lately. The thing I want to say was, uh, us, the us. thing that hits me so hard with that movie is, you know, what I believe the takeaway from that film is we have to sort of in some way reckon with and accept the fact. We have to reckon
0: around.
2: And accept that.
1: We live in a society where in order for one to succeed, someone else must
2: always suffer. Or, or right. Yeah, on that, on that, any it scale. Does, or it doesn't even have to be one-to-one, although I like that metaphor in us, but right, that like there's so much going on in the world right. that you have to not think about, have decided not to think about, right. you know, where, Right. And it's there, and if you just went down a fucking escalator, you'd even see it. Right. But we just wouldn't think to go down the escalator. It's not one-to-one with a tether. We've learned to not go down the escalator. When you're a kid, you might go down. Right. Because you're still kind of like thinking about the world, right? Like in like a sort of an innocent... And, and
1: then you work hard enough to get a nice country house where you can stay with your family yeah. and not think about the other right. shit.
2: And then they show up.
1: And now that's the problem. It's a great movie. We all train ourselves to become... Oblivious. It's a
2: great movie. And then everyone walked out of it being like, As a But like, where did they get the scissors? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's doing laundry?
1: Yeah. I love it. I think it's a great movie. I it's, think it's a masterpiece. Movie. I agree. Yeah. It's a Glaster piece. It's a Glaster piece. Yeah. It is. So, the, the fact that... Give me the name of the Italian guy again.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Giovanni
1: Caproni. In Wind Rises. That his subconscious speaking to him through the vessel of his idol keeps on trying to like david say like what can you do you just got to
2: build these beautiful things sure and at the end of the movie that final scene which broke me great scene and it's sort of they're watching this like ascension of planes into the sky yes that's sort of reminiscent of porca when you see the planes sort of going into heaven. And you see, like, the
1: fucking, like,
2: bombed-out oh, yeah. remains. Yeah. The fact that anyone thought this movie was pro-war when it ends so explicitly. I don't know if they thought it was pro-war. Who knows? It people certainly— there were, all, there, were, there were some, I would say, bad faith attacks on this movie. And then some uh-huh. people more expressing their opinions and whatever— but
1: it's like a the fucking. The,
2: I mean, he's he, the J- Japanese. The more like the sort of more military, pro military J- Japanese politicians certainly think of him as not an ally. They think of Miyazaki as like unpatriotic. You know, like
0: he's right. a
2: pacifist, and like you know, there's certain politics in Japan are like we should become more militaristic again. Yeah. We should rewrite our constitution to have a military again. Things like right. that. You know. And then
1: it's weird that some American critics saw this movie and were like, "What's he's he like doing a praising drag-oist? this?" <laughs> right.
2: Anyway, anyway, Yes. They're watching the planes. They're
1: seeing, the, seeing destruction. the destruction. And the guy's like, "Good job. You had your 10 years. We all only get 10 years where we're actually doing good work," which is another weird thing cuz Miyazaki keeps on trying to walk away. Like he keeps trying to pull the Tarantino, right, where he's like, "I'm putting a limit which on." I'm walking away while, while I'm still to good. Tarantino. Right. right. Yeah. I'm walking away and that he's like, "So, 10 years? What do you think? How do you feel about it?" And he's like, I don't know. I made this thing. It was really good. But like the planes didn't come home. Like they killed people and all the people flying them died and none of them made it back. And he goes, well, they had nothing to come home to. Like there was no home left, Yeah. which is like, wait, so wait, the end result is he made a beautiful plane that was used to kill people. Then the people piling them got killed. Right. And it was all sort of for naught because the entire, like, civilization was destroyed and had to rebuild itself. And, and the Miyazaki's it takeaway
2: for. is, like, yes, but we must live. Right? Like, that's sort of, like, because the wife appears and she's like, you have to live. And he's like, okay, okay. I, I think it's not beautiful because it lasts. Right. Right beautiful because it happened. anyway this is a uh, animated film that made like hundreds of billions of dollars I mean, in Japan I mean that's the craziest thing I know. you see this and you're like okay well this was more niche right and it's like yeah you know okay compared to Spirited Away right. yes it it's made less money only the 15th highest grossing <laughs> right. film it of all still time still performed like a huge blockbuster in Japan yeah I gotta say that's like it feels like
1: uh, all the other cultures are more cultured than we are <laughs> you know you don't think America is number
2: one Get a foam finger for me right now.
1: Even just the fact that all these. (laughs) David's got
2: a big foam finger on.
1: Uh, I'm writing down foam finger for David. It says Colin Farrell on it. Um, (laughs) Hell yeah. The the fact that all these uh, Ghibli releases are doing so well in China Mm. is just like, why are the American studios all about? Like, we have to dumb everything down so that it's universal, so that it plays everywhere in every other country. And then you look at the box office in other countries and like – Foreign independent dramas do crazy well.
2: No, I think, yeah, America's just a gimmick that's sort of already <laughs> gone sour. People are like, yeah, we got, all right, so we've seen the American movies now. Like, they were illegal for a while or hard to find. Right. So, like, you know, seeing them was kind of crazy and they yeah. were so expensive, but we figured out how to do that. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, whatever. Right. We'll now they just like good it. stories.
1: Everyone's like, wait, fuck stories, stories, Shit. stories. What was um, the story? Uh, <laughs> someone remind me quickly. Tip of my tongue. Stories are the. Uh, The effects?
2: What are the, is that what we call the explosions? Yeah. The wind rises. The wind rises. I mean, it's a Miyazaki movie. It's complicated. I feel like his movies are rarely like, you walk away with like, that's the one thing he's trying to tell me. Well, right. Yeah. (laughs) If this was an American movie, that's what the Italian guy would be like, ah, Chef Boyardee. Uh, Yes. Right. Right
1: uh it does frustrate me though that uh, uh where you were talking about people like in in sort of bad faith misinterpreting this movie mm. It's just this thing that just like I feel like especially in uh uh the American discourse, uh people get upset if things are not super didactic mm-hmm. in terms of the filmmaker being like, I don't approve of this. Mm-hmm. I think this is bad right that like if a main character does something shitty, right. or is... I mean, this is a
2: problem in the way we talk about movies. Right. Yeah, And things.
1: Right. Or even in the case of this film, a main character makes something which is then used by other people to do horrible things. Right. That's like, so wait, he's saying that the death was great? <laughs> Miyazaki's, like, super into bombing. This guy wants wind to rise? Yeah, but that's fucking
0: insane.
2: Ben, did you like this movie? I don't
0: know. Okay. <laughs> that's cool. It, it fucked me up too. Fucking
2: yeah. Yeah. It's unbearable. Um, it's I love really it. Really unbearable. I had I to watch
0: it. it in a few. Like I had to. Yeah. I had sure, to stop. Sure. And, I took some breaks. Like, yeah, take a, a break. Yeah. You
2: shouldn't take breaks. You should watch it twice. I
1: mean, just a quick like, <sighs> <sighs> yeah, a cool
0: down on a the cool old uh, elliptical. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Something that did stick out to me. Mm. Is yeah, is I don't think I've ever seen an, an animated movie mm. that was. That made me think this much that wasn't just like action driven sure you, you, like this was like this was like a, a this could be a live action movie yeah, it's
2: basically a period drama right. like you know it would it has like a couple set pieces and
1: you never seen an animated film that made you think this much uh need I remind you the question, what if the world but cars <laughs> well you can remind me of that. <laughs> or what if cars but spies. <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, I, I, I hear cars you. Cars but
1: Spies? Cars 2. Oh. A huge question it
0: asked the audience. <laughs> no, it didn't make me think. What if Cars but Spies?
1: What is What? What is? what's three? What if Cars 2 makes Cars 3 look like Cars 1? Right. Cut it all. I out. mean, yeah,
0: yeah. Actually,
2: Did you watch yeah. the uh, subs of the dub? I watched the subs. I would agree that that is the experience that you should go for, especially with a movie like this. It's actually set in Japan, yada, yada, yada. You
1: don't think you should watch the version of the film which Joseph Gordon-Levitt is designing the planes?
2: <laughs> I've seen this movie, I think, a few times, so this is the first. I decided to watch it with the dub uh, because I had never even thought to watch it with the dub. want to watch, live in a world with pyramids. So, Joseph Gordon-Levitt yeah. is fine as uh-huh. Euro? My wife has tuberculosis. <laughs> but I, what I was not aware of, I did not really check in on who was in it, Uh huh. but I knew it had like a, you know, these days they have very exceptional, like American cast. Cause there's a crazy one in there. Werner Herzog. Yeah. And he's so good.
1: Really? Yeah. I mean, he's Castorp. He's the German right. guy. Yes. Right. It's the one thing that tempted me to
2: watch the dub. I mean, he should do this more often. He, I mean, obviously
0: I, I watched the dub right. as well. And he's so good at
2: it. I mean, Werner Herzog has a good voice. It's right. not breaking news at all. Obviously, people love to hear him go, like, you know, talk about bears and sure, caves. Sure. and You know, roads. Right. Nature. Right. I,
1: Nature. I, I think his one scene is the is still the high point of all of Rick and Morty. It's a great scene. Like, it, anything in his voice is funny. And profound.
2: At the same right. time. Right. This is more profound. Yes. Um... Oh God. Well, and but him he's playing so good this because character he has is that, quite a choice. It's an interesting choice. Yeah. But he has that slightly sinister edge to yes. his diction. Yes. But also he's playing a character who is, we know, a good guy, but right. has still has sort of this like kind of unsettling vibe to him. He is sort of haunted and jovial at the same and, time, which right. is an uneasy
1: combination.
2: And he's like sort of like it's good that they're getting married. Yeah. And and all that. But you're kind of like, yeah, but He he almost seems like the specter of like tragedy hanging over the whole thing. Right, And of course, he's also just like a specter of like the war to come. He's like the ghost of World War Future. That's
0: what he is. He's like, he's like, like Nazis are coming. Yeah. Uh, uh, We could use that that guy about now. Uh,
1: Yeah, yeah. What did that was you guys- the other thing. I mean, that just flipped me out, too. It's just
0: like, uh, man, it's hard watching World War II shit now. Yeah, like, it's interesting to have new vantage points on history. Mm-hmm. And this was a new vantage point for me because, yeah, Japan and yeah. Germany were working together. They yeah. were on the same side. Like, I, you know, it's like, yeah, I forget that they were collaborating even, like, in the in essentially the, the specifics from, from of the, this movie like that they were from sharing the point that technology japan is, like kicked out yeah. of the
2: league of nations and hitler rises to power so like you know most of the 30s yeah yeah um and the 2010s the 2010s yeah saying it feels a little bit like history is repeating <laughs> what what you think japan and germany are the enemies mm-hmm. <laughs> Hitler has no power. No, uh, I think America, unfortunately, is the enemy <laughs> In the now. Twenty twenty. But I mean, you could make this movie about yeah. the you know uh, the scientists who worked at the Manhattan Project. Like sure. you could make this movie about like all kinds of sort of right uh, architects of death who thought of themselves as like scientists and creators sure. and
0: things like right. I mean, it's. It is a sp- You could uh, make this about signing the Declaration of Independence. Uh, this is our most fucking <laughs> about like like of mass ever. destruction.
1: <laughs> hey, Chapo, go on blank check. More like it. You're challenged. You're challenged. Um, I'm a moron. I
2: don't know anything. <laughs>
1: can, I, can I just say, uh, I think the, the distinction, I mean, though. Yeah, no,
2: no, there, of course there's distinctions. I'm just saying, like, you know, obviously Japan's not the only uh, country that yes. uh, did bad things. Uh,
1: no good, very bad. Don't do it. Right. The distinction is that uh, a lot of, uh, you know, decent scientists worked on the Manhattan Project and sure. what have you. Uh, you know, there are many other examples, but um, a bomb can only ever be used as a bomb. That is true. And a plane is not
2: explicitly a weapon of war. Right. Which is why this is such a fascinating story. Right. right. He but is I mean, in love was, with the
1: plane and he, he has the, the
2: ill fortune of being born in a time where the only planes they need are to kill people. Who's going to give them money? The military. Right. And like if you work in aviation even now, probably like it would be difficult to not, uh, to, to avoid things like military contracts. Right? guy's I born have no, you 30 know.
1: years later, maybe he's just working for TWA. Hey. You know what I'm saying? Sure. He's working for Pan Am. Right, Hanging out with uh, Christina Ricci and Michael Robby, Kelly Garner. <sighs> Three out of
0: five ain't bad. <laughs> you, See, Miyazaki yeah. is like the kind of director where like, we're having this conversation and, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking like, okay, pillows. Pillows are great. If you make pillows, what, what can you do Nothing wrong? Nothing bad can happen. Well, you could
1: fucking smother someone with a pillow. Dishonest attendant at a retirement home. Trying so it's to like, why bother,
2: bother making
0: font. pillows?
1: Why bother making pillows? Someone will murder someone with pillows. Well, what you guys are describing is an existential crisis. Yeah, I have called it as much many times on this episode. I'm not hiding behind any smokescreen here. I'm not saying you're hiding. Radical transparency here. Ben and I are going through existential crises together
0: and separately. For the listener, also context. um, Griffin is wearing a shirt that says, I feel everything. (laughs) Just wanted to mention that at this point in the episode. Um feeling insensitive Oh my god.
2: <laughs> I don't know what do you think is gonna be good. <laughs> I'm worried about that one, let me tell you. Well that's talking have, about the culture. Will that have come out by this point? Uh-huh. Wow. Uh-huh. I
1: can't we're gonna be living in a post uh-huh.
2: world. I know. A twisted world. Be so or maybe he'll untwist it. he's be so fucking sick. That is the most twisted thing the Joker could do. Is make something not twisted? Straighten it out. <laughs> All right, so the plot of the wind rises. It begins with <laughs> I'm losing my. Mind. You are, you are. I don't know what to do. What do we do? <laughs> Talk about the wind rises. Okay, <laughs> cool. Oh boy, Kay. that opening sequence though, mm. where he's a kid, yes, and he's trying to you know imagine oh, as being a yes. pilot. And his
1: nightmare see- and then his eyes turn into like fish it's eyes. So
2: cool. And he's like, puts the glass, but it's too late. Like, yeah. And he's, I mean, that's Miyazaki, I think, also reminding you, like, just because this is a more grounded story doesn't more mean grounded. I can't use this medium, like, to every advantage.
1: More grounded. Outside of dream sequences, this is the only film of his that does not take place in a fantastical world. Uh, yeah.
2: Uh, now I want to double check. Like, that. I'm
1: saying, even Cagliostro well, I mean, is not cool as explicitly magical,
2: but well, it is. is a real place, and Ben was trying to book a plane there, remember? Thank you, you. I mean, Ponyo kind of takes place in our world. It's just that there's magic it. has got magical shit. No, I know, I know, I know. know. This is the
1: only movie of his that does not have magic in it. And Cagliostro, you can, like, uh, try to split the hair, but I'd say, like, right.
2: Come on, that's a fake place.
1: Right. Um, (laughs) Underwater City. Right. Um, This is a movie that's in the real world other than these dream sequences, which are incredibly expressionistic. So it is somewhat bizarre to watch a movie in which the majority of the scenes... Are to watch a Miyazaki film in which the majority of the scenes are people sitting in real places, knowing that the fire is not going to come to life. Yeah, you know, or, or a, a spirit is not going to like knock on their door or any of that.
2: Right, um, and beyond that, like a lot of the scenes are just people chatting. Yes, at the office. Right, him and his wife at right. home. Like, right.
0: right, right. I love the um, the 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 way that. She paints like the 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 look of her her, yeah. her medium. Yes, it's so, like I mean I was blown away.
1: Yeah, have you seen what the the manga looked like? Um, no, have you? Yeah, it it's really pretty and it's kind of scratchy. It's pretty. It's watercolor and it's
2: scratchy. Oh, it is pretty. Yeah, I actually have seen this. Yeah,
1: I, I, c- I kind of wish he could have figured out how to make a whole movie look like that. Because Kaguya comes out a year or
2: two after this. Uh, no, I thought it came out. Oh, a did year it come out before? before? Uh, no, maybe a year after. This I is thirteen.
1: Yeah, I think Kaguya's fourteen.
2: Yeah, uh, Princess Kaguya is twenty fourteen. Yeah. What? What a. I love that movie. But that movie was incredibly expensive and laborious. Oh, I know. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's right.
1: why there's a reason people don't make a whole movie look like that. Right. It's because it's tough. But when I saw it, and I was like, wait, every single scene looks like that. This isn't just like a dream sequence. The whole movie is like watercolor paintings.
2: That movie, I mean, I find the Wind Rises to be uh, unbearably devastating. Uh-huh. I find the Princess Kaguya to be like that X ten, <laughs> yeah. like where like I'm almost afraid to think about that movie. Yeah. Uh ah. Yeah. Ah. And that's a fable. That's you know that's not real at all. Right. Right. That's incredible. That movie. That movie rules. That is a true blank check. It fucks. It slaps. It's a bop. Mm-hmm. As the
1: kids would say. So you have this dream sequence, and he wakes up, and he's very haunted by the fact that he believes he is too nearsighted to ever successfully fly, a plane. right? Which is his
2: dream. He's talking to Caproni from very early on. Right. He's having those dream sequences, right, uh, where he's like, "I've never flown a plane. Yeah. Like, I don't care. That's for basic bitches, right? Exactly. You got to be making the plane. Let other dummies fly it. And it is kind of fun how little this movie is about the, the like the process of flying a plane. Sure. You know, there's a couple sequences where you see them being flown and, like, the right. speed testing and all that. But, like, they're rarely sitting down and being like, this is what the pilot needs to so. They don't think about that too much.
1: But if I can, you know, get a little, like, for a second, there is this analog. It's
2: just about the worst way to set something up ever. If I can get, if I can a, I can little, get a little, <laughs> about this.
1: If I can get a little,
2: mm-hmm.
1: is an analog here to, like... I will make this thing that hopefully transports people to another place. Sure. Right. And I just sit back and hope that it works for them. Right. You know? Uh, like the other movie I kept on thinking about watching this is The um, uh, the Mule in a film that I think is also similarly Great revealing Great a director trying 100%. to find a movie about the way that they make films. Like how they view their career. A- and their life. And he's like, I just plant flowers.
2: You right, six
1: a day, and some of them are good and some of them are bad.
2: That's the mule, but right, it's that, and then they're like, "But what about your family?" And he's like, "I'm guilty. Send me to jail." <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, like Miyazaki's like, "It's this movie is like, but what about the people in your life?" And he's like, "I tried. What could I do?" Yeah, right. I, do I my tried best, my best, but like the, I lose people, and i be, Whereas, right. like Eastwood's verdict on himself is like, "Well, I just I'm a simple guy. I'm like your wife and kids. I know. Take me to jail." <laughs> I'll plant my flowers there book me Dano and like he sees Bradley Cooper and he's like you gotta remember their birthdays and shit And he's like I know and he's like yeah well that's my advice to you I'll see you later and then that's the end of the movie is him being like
1: remember that shit I said about the birthdays yeah now reprocess that through the prism of knowing that I was the guy that you were hunting down a little more ominous now huh Yeah. the birthdays what a wild movie! I gotta buy that on 4K Steelbook. Where's the Steelbook of that? There isn't. There's a 4K. There's no Steelbook. Okay. Do you have the Sully 4K?
2: Yes. Gorgeous.
1: <laughs> oh, I gotta see those birds.
2: Four thousand <laughs> lines of resolution.
1: <laughs> I mean, if I if I have one one note for the Sully 4K,
2: I wish they'd done it. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake! That's what I gotta say to that.
1: But this thing of like. Uh you know, especially being an animator, it is this weird like solitary life where you're like like ruthlessly devoted to this craft that is equal parts like mathematical and artistic, right? Mhm. Like th- there is such a technical aspect to animation that makes it different from a lot of other art forms. Sure. Because it is this like uh impossible illusion. Like this thing that shouldn't work. Right that you need to keep in your head at all times in order to keep that illusion up in the air while also having this sort of, like, creative lens to be able to, like, uh, realize things that people could only imagine. But you just, like, sit in a room obsessively drawing over and over and over and over and over again. Or whatever form of animation you're doing, and it's still just constant, meticulous, solitary, obsessive Is that shot of him at the desk? Yes. And, like,
2: the, the wind, like, was blowing all the pages away. Right. Ugh.
1: And then you're just, like... I hope this makes people feel good. Right. You know, you just kind of like put it out into the world. And you're like, well, I hope that was all worth it. I hope I didn't waste five years of my life making ugly
2: dolls. Well. Well. How ugly are they really? Not enough, if you ask me. Okay. Fundamental flaw. Early in the movie, he's on a train.
1: Well, this is the point. Now he realizes, I'm going to commit my life to making Yay. the plans.
2: Yeah. He's going to go to. Um, university. Tokyo Imperial University. He's yes. going to study aeronautical engineering, and yeah. he meets uh, a Satomi. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's the earthquake.
1: She catches his hat.
2: It's like and, anytime time they meet, it's but, like the earth is you know active, right? Like the wind is blowing and the earth is shaking or things like that.
1: She also catches his eye. If yes. you know what I'm saying, yeah, right. And captures I just his heart. Wanted to say
2: that. Yeah, I did. And you Come on, the earthquake
1: me. sequence is incredible, insane.
2: The way he animates that is just—I never thought that you could do that. I I didn't either,
1: and I thought he was getting magical for a second. I was like, "Oh, is this another dream sequence? Is this like an expressionistic thing?" And it's like, "Oh no, it is. It's that the the earth is quaking. Right. This thing that is insane, sort of like
2: rippling mountains. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're Japanese, you might have that. Like that's such a notorious event. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Although earthquakes do sort of get forgotten." It's sort of like, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, because it keeps happening. They, right. But also like, yeah, you know, the, the Canto 1923 earthquake. Mm-hmm. I mean, it killed 140,000 people, which is crazy. Jiro goes to school. Yeah. He meets his friend, Kira, mm-hmm. in the dub voiced by John Krasinski, somewhat unsettlingly.
1: That's weird. But you forgot to mention he, he oh, shows well, he has, right, there's the earthquake. heroism in the wake of the earthquake. He does.
2: And it's... Her maid breaks her leg.
1: Right. Right, and he, without even sharing his name. He should have shared his name. Selflessly carries her back, helps a stranger out.
2: But he's not even going to see these people again. No,
1: it's it's just. For years. No, it's, it's a basic human empathy. It's a man realizing he's in a position to help others. Right. In a moment of great tragedy and disorientation. Right. Anyway, then he meets John Krasinski. Yeah,
0: he meets John Krasinski. It's kind of confusing that there's no, like, to to the camera stuff happening. You think they should do, like, they should do, like a sort of
2: Ferris Bueller style, like, no. the thing about making airplanes No, is not
1: even that. I feel like he should just sort of, like, spin around in his rolly chair and just sort of, like, look at the camera with sort of, like, an askance sort of, like, wry smile. Uh-huh. Ben's
2: pointing at me. That's what I was Guys, talking Guys, we're about. really burnt out, I guess. Classic wild Helbert. shit. Um, oh, I just got that you were doing Office yeah, references. I, I don't remember that them. show. Apparently, you're the only I one. I think it is weird. America's number one. Where everyone's show. like, I watch the rewatch Office all the time, and I'm like, you did. I got it. Yeah. Like, the first time.
0: And of it bad? is
2: the yeah. new one.
0: Yeah, where I feel like I see people on the train watching that all the time. That one kind of lost steam. Like I didn't even hate it, it.
2: but like both Parks and Rec and The Office is like, isn't like the back half of those shows sort of inarguably a little worse than the front half?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I feel like The Office has two and a half inarguably bad seasons, right? Right? Yes. At the end, yeah. Not to mention that there's some ups and downs before that. Uh huh. Out of nine.
2: Eight or nine. And nine. the
1: fact that people are like, yes, once a year I watch all
2: 189 episodes of The Office.
1: <laughs> it's, it's a lot. Is there more than that even?
2: I think it's eight. No, I think it's, it's nine, nine seasons. seasons. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 189 episodes. I think you nailed how many episodes oh, there are. Oh, boy. I would, nope. 201. I was pretty close. Pretty close. 201, 201 episodes, episodes, though. It's a lot of episodes.
1: 201 episodes. A show I enjoyed when it was on. Stopped about four months after Corral left. Me too. And have never felt any when compulsion left, to rewind. When left, I was
2: like, oh, the writing's on the wall. And I, like, gave it a few episodes, and I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to tap.
1: I up. thought the three ferals after Corel were good. Well, and then right sure. after that, I was like, what the fuck are they doing?
2: Right. Yeah. Well, Krasinski's in this. He plays Kiro. Mm-hmm. Um, they work at Mitsubishi. Mm-hmm. They design, they're design. they designing a plane. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that scene where the plane, like, breaks apart. <laughs>
1: Ben's, taking Ben's taking a picture of, of me. Picture of
0: you.
2: Should I pose my
1: shirt? Is that what?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll come around.
1: Okay. Keep going, David, keep talking. Ben, I'm just doing a little modeling shoot for Ben. Because,
0: like, you're so sprawled.
2: I'm very sprawled. Um, And so because they don't really know what they're doing, like, Mm -hmm. they're sort of technologically behind, they're sent to Germany. Mm -hmm. And this is, yeah, I mean, this is another sequence where you're like, yeah, you really think this guy is pro-Japan in the 30s? Yeah. Because, like, all this stuff where they're in Germany... And they're just there, like, they're like, we are airplane nerds. Yeah. We hear you guys are next level on the airplanes. Right, like, we, you know. we got
1: transferred to, like, the the headquarters. Right, right. Yeah, we're moving up the job ranks. We're working on better airplanes now.
2: Uh, and they see the, the Junkers 38, yeah. which I think is another, like... I mean this is Miyazaki is so deep on this shit. Yeah. I don't know anything about early aviation. No. But I think like that's sort of a famous like there were only like two ever built. Oh, interesting. But it was a crazy plane. Is it pronounced Junkers? I believe so. Cuz it's spelled Junkers, which is really funny <laughs> for sure. Yeah. You know how German be? Yeah. Um and like but then as but as they're doing this, Mhm. They're seeing like the secret police are going around, and you know the Gestapo are beating people up, and they, you know eh, a little bit of anti-Semitism, a little bit of that. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's like Germany is this sort of like sort of kind of frightening, shadowy place, and mm-hmm. like you know they don't they want to walk into the plane, and the military's like you can't do that, and right. they have to like negotiate all that. Like, but this movie's pro war <laughs> But like, I do think like th- when you're watching this movie, and especially if you're someone, obviously we are young people. Relatively, I mean, I feel self. right. Yeah, yeah I'm but, an old soul. Um, but you know, if you're someone who maybe has more of a closer connection to the Second World War mm-hmm. and maybe more of a lingering resentment that's just kind of you know, possible to dismiss, you're about like, I access. don't want to
1: see anything even vaguely sympathetic about anyone who was 100 that right, 100 bad, even though right, yeah.
2: he was right, he, obviously not in the military, but right. like, um, you see a scene like that and you're like, right, why didn't they at that point be like, you know what. Fuck Germany! This yeah. place is clearly which is I feel like the frustration people feels about so many of those kinds of stories. Yeah, or like things what, that are happening today. What What do you mean? Everything's great today, right? Wait, well, Trump. Oh, uh, he's yelling at the Danish prime minister because they won't uh, sell him Greenland. Uh,
1: Democrats. Uh, Jew, Jews are anti-Semitic if they vote for a Democrat. Right, right, right. Uh, and he was chosen by God. New rule. And he's the king of Israel. Ooh.
2: Um. Yeah, anyway, so uh, I'm seeing here that a new rule would let the U.S. hold migrant families indefinitely. So when I'm talking yeah, about the 30s, one. I'm yeah. saying, why didn't anyone? Uh, you it's know.
1: weird. They should have gone like, hmm, some bad stuff is happening. Let's stop it right now before it goes any further.
2: And I do think that is much of what he's trying to dig into in this movie. Yes. It's right. It's like, you. it's tough not to think, you know, you're going to think personally, obviously, because you're a person. Right. It's tough to think outside yourself. You can try and people do. But like you are maybe eventually gonna run into that thing of like, well, I'm just trying to do what I'm trying to Can't do. Do my I job don't have marry my beliefs. dying girlfriend. Right. I get caught yeah. up in all this other stuff. I wanna turn a fucking herringbone into a <sighs> wing and isn't that beautiful. He loves the curve. And at the end, his creative self, his Italian uh avatar yeah. is like, it was beautiful. But I'm pretty sure Miyazaki is like, look, you know, there's a lot to take in here. Like, I don't think yeah. Miyazaki is the Italian guy. No. But he's got that Italian guy in his shoulder, too. Yes. Whoever that is for him. Right. Right. We this is all- an animated movie by a guy who mostly makes films for children. That's a tune. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think if uh, Hoskins and Roger Rabbit. Eddie Valiant, Yeah, if he saw like Jiro from this movie, he'd be like, it's a tune! Toon! <laughs> yes. Damn toons! Damn tune toon bombed in- my brother! <laughs> They live in that art film land yeah. over there where everything is right. subtle
1: and moving. Right. It's so much more convoluted. It's uh, that, that damn tone over there designed a plane which then the Allied government military used to bomb my uncle in law.
2: I just like the <laughs> the idea that like Toontown might have like a sort of Ghibli zone. Yes. And rather than everything being like wacky, everything is like, you know, deeply <laughs> profound and resonant. And Valley it. He goes, he's like, it's too resonant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about humanity and our relationship with nature. I drank for a reason. I don't want to feel this much.
0: <laughs> it's a <that>
1: tone. Okay. <sighs>
2: okay. Um, so
1: Werner Herzog does a good job. I watched it subtitled.
2: Uh, but Sure. But a- So after the German yeah. sequence, I feel like he sees Caproni again, and Caproni right. is like, planes are beautiful. Like humans may not be, but planes are beautiful.
1: Yeah, and the things that humans do with planes might not be beautiful, but that doesn't diminish the beauty of the plane.
2: Um, Do you want to live in
1: a world without pyramids?
2: What do we think of Kurukawa, um, who is Jiro's boss? Mm. It's a pretty great character, in my opinion. Uh, Voiced by Martin Short in the dub. Interesting. Um, me a lot of uh, the boss whose
1: name I'm embarrassingly forgetting from The Incredibles. Because he's short. It's kinda. got a similar kind of stocky. It's a classic. Wallace Shawn, right? That's a Shawn. That's a Shawn. That's a Shawn. It's a classic
2: yeah. Shawn. But uh, but I like that he is sort of like businesslike yeah. and a little mean and yeah. obviously like not very like forthcoming with the compliments, mm-hmm. but like at his heart, you know, a fairly moral person. Yes. And, uh, you know, when, when things start to get rough and the secret police start to rear their head in Japan, mm-hmm. he's like, it's he's he does good things, but in the same, like, kind of like, get in here. Or they'll arrest you, I guess. I don't care. Sit there now. Well, even
1: when the marriage comes up that right. he's like, you got to convince me that this isn't about your ego. Right. Because
2: if you're doing it for your ego, you're really going to hurt this girl. Right. That's a pretty incredible scene. That's a pretty incredible scene. Um, also, his hair is funny and it bounces when he walks. That's really funny. Um, but you know he gets hired for the Imperial Navy. He's mm-hmm. trying to build a plane again. Doesn't work. It fails in testing. It's rejected. So he goes to uh, this resort mm-hmm. to chill out. And who's there? Mm-mm. Standing on the balcony, Mm-mm. suffering from tuberculosis. Hardcore. Good old Noko. Yeah. That whole thing's great. The hat. And it's like they've been waiting, waiting to see each other. The right paper now. airplane. Yes, I love that whole end oh, of man. Herzog and like I, lo- I love all of that. Yeah, it's like, very romantic. That, like you, yeah, it's romantic. You seem defeated, but, I just by life. <clears throat> but go, yeah, go on. No, it's romantic, but also like he, even though he's there to escape, he can't escape from one, like the specter of the coming war. Yeah, but also like feeling, you know, uh-huh. right? Like you know, he's falling for this person who's going to affect his life negatively in a lot of ways because, uh, like, he's going to yes. have to worry about her and. It's going to impact his work and she's going to be sick. And like, there are all these bad things, but like, you know, love, man. You got to love conquers all. It does. Right? Mm-hmm. That's what the Wachowskis say too.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Did you see that? I think it was Lily. One of them was like, it's just love conquers all. That's what our movies are about. Yeah. They rule. They do rule. I just can't. I, I have
1: so many questions about their split. And Lana doing Matrix solo. At the time we were recording this, that announcement was yesterday. Yeah. And you have heard us react to it in real time. That's true. Uh, the episode where David gets broken. <laughs> yeah. Uh, during Howl's Moving Castle. But I just, I like last night, I just couldn't stop stewing on all the different possible scenarios.
2: Well, I feel, you mean just on like how it's going to go, like what the story is?
1: No, literally just the state of their relationship and how it ended up with one of them agreeing to do the movie and not the other.
2: They may talk about it someday, but it does seem like this sort of split that was presented as temporary yeah. for Sensei Season 2 right. has become permanent, But like uh, yeah, sort of like either for personal reasons or professional reasons or thing. both. It just like, felt
1: like for a while the split was sold as like, oh, like Lily kind of wants to keep working and Lana's sort of done. Right. And then that has proven to very much not be the case.
2: Um, you're flopping the names, but that's okay.
1: I'm not. the The belief for a little while was Lana was like done. Really? Yeah. And Lana? it was like right. And it was like oh, Lily yeah, Lana like...
2: the one who did season two of Sensei.
1: Yes. Right. And Lily didn't because it was like sort of right after transition, yeah, 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 like yeah. sort yeah. of right. 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 Um, but then w- the stuff I had heard was after Sensei, one of the mm. reasons they sold the company was Lana was like, I feel like I've said everything I have to say. Mm. And Lily then goes on to like produce the sitcom. And the right. idea was like, well, she's still going to like find ways to like, sure. you know, work on things, but maybe they're big pass, passionate, personal project was
2: just a thing of like Warner Brothers being like. The Matrix, like, right. what do you think? And like, if you
1: don't do it, someone else will.
2: Sure. And Lily was definitively like, mm, I don't like too much, or yeah. I'm not interested in going back there. What? And Lana was like, Well, I cooked up this idea with novelist David Mitchell. So crazy. And here's a script. And Warner Brothers apparently loved the script. So like, maybe you that's know, not. They, so
1: right. they. That's not just oh, we've hired these people to write it. No, there's a script. That's crazy. Right. I didn't even realize that.
2: Yeah. Which is great.
1: There was that statement by Lily at the TCAs where she's like, "I'm very excited for other people to have a chance to do the Matrix. Right. right, right. It doesn't belong to me. I hope they make an even better movie. Impossible. Well, that's why it's weird though that she was saying that.
2: Was she just being coy? I don't I have no idea. Or was she in the dark? Couldn't tell you. I, I don't don't know. know. Okay, the wind rises. It's rising. It's rising. Uh, do, you, do you like the Castorp scene and the you know, the whole sort of like romantic interlude?
1: Castorp is very striking looking. He is he such is. a different sort
2: of style of character. He's got like gray eyes that yes. are very prominent. Very And Herzog, again, very strange. But he's sort of in certain ways like more caricatured
1: he sort of has more exaggerated features than anyone else He's the got movie. kind of a simple
2: face, too. Like, not a lot of lines to it, big nose.
1: Right, but his eyes are crazy, his and his nose is huge.
2: He's based on uh, the German novel The Magic Mountain by okay. Thomas Mann, which is a, cru- his name comes from that. Okay. Um, which is apparently a sort of crucial influence on this film. Uh-huh. Um, which is uh, a movie, I think, that, he wrote when he was his wife was at a sanatorium it all comes back to this, you know. Yeah. Um I don't know much about Miyazaki's personal life. I know he has kids obviously. Right. I don't know much about it. Like I don't know if he went he went through anything like that. I mean he doesn't really talk about no. it, right? As far as I as far as I know, yeah, you know, he married another animator. They have two kids or maybe just yeah, no, two kids and he has a tough relationship with his son who like Right. Tried to follow him and the yeah. business, but that's all I know. So I don't know why he's so drawn to this story, this classic Japanese novel of the your wife's in a sanatorium and she's dying of tuberculosis mm-hmm. and all. But he clearly is, yeah. And that sort of push and pull between like work and love,
1: uh, right? And is it better to make the most of the time you have?
2: You're right, right, you know, exactly, right. Better it, to have loved and lost than never right. to have loved at all, right? right? That sort of thing, right but um like cuz that
1: whole dynamic is so interesting of her being like i very much want to marry you right. um just quick note i have a uh, hardcore tuberculosis and i won't marry you until i am better right and then she gets so much worse that he's like cool i'm going to override your request right uh, we just i'm going to marry
2: the it. shit out of you now but we know it's just doomed that
1: shot is uh, so upsetting when he gets the, um, the telegram and the blood. And yeah. then it cuts to her uh, over her painting with blood dripping out of her mouth, right. through her fingers, mm-hmm. onto the painting. Yeah. Very uh, visceral. It, like, looks like someone from Mononoke. Like, it doesn't look, you know. I know. It's, it's such an unreal amount of blood gushing. Sure. And a constant stream. Right. Uh, and it just looks like it's pouring out of her face because her hands are it's so just... fully over her face. It's not just like oh, it's coming out her mouth. It's like her whole head is bleeding.
2: Yep. Uh, yeah, it sucks. You got his sister, who's kind of a great character, actually. Yeah. I like that she has her own um, arc, like outside of the movie. But when she shows back up, like now she's a doctor, like and right. she's like an independent person, and, and she's, she's like, I got the read on this. It's bad. Yeah, right. She's like, he's she's not gonna make it. Yeah, and he he's in denial. Like that. that I right. think that's 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 the sort of shared thing between his love and his work like he wants to create and do all this stuff but he is in denial about like what it's gonna be for even though it's literally the military being like make it faster you know make it more deadly you know right i mean like what are they saying
1: well yeah and it's also right it's
2: lighter like, like maybe it'll take off from an aircraft carrier or whatever right right
1: it's hard to love something fully if you think so much about how it can go wrong right so you you put on blinders to some degree. Yeah, you
2: focus on the things you love about it and the things that make you feel good about it. Right. And right. it's like this marriage he has is, uh, is going to make him sad. Right. But also the fact that he's just like, well, and I'm
1: going to keep on being obsessed with my work as I always am because nothing in my life has changed because this is normal and you're right. not going to die. Right. And everyone's like, you leave her alone. Right. Yeah. Well, you just sit over a desk and draw planes all day. Right. She's gonna be dead super soon. And he's like, No, she's not, it's all fine. And she's like, I love it. I love that you go to work. I will also stay alive forever.
2: Yeah. Like they're both just playing and this then game. When of it's time for naivete. her to die, she just leaves. She just leaves and leaves. Because she knows how horrible it'll be. Bunch of notes.
1: David's pushing away his microphone. Oh, look who's having the breakdown
2: now. I have just this movie is very uh yeah. um it's my favorite movie of this year. It was my favorite movie of 2013. Mm. Um and it was one of those things. It like a lot of Miyazaki movies were like I it almost fell. Like, I was like I oh, that's too, you know, it's I shouldn't even glimpse this. It's it's yeah. you know too moving and uh, it's unbearable. That's I already said that. It's unbearable. What was my favorite movie of 2013? I don't know. I mean, there were some good movies that year. <sighs> Inside Lewin Davis is that year. Wolf oh, of Wall I, Street. I, I, Francis Ha. My
1: top two were and Davis and Spring Breakers.
2: Of course, that's the answer. Yeah. 12 Years a Slave is that year. Iron Man 3. Great yeah. movie.
0: Before uh, Midnight. Man, right. But it's, yeah. Llewyn, Counselor. Llewyn fucking. Davis
1: and, and Spring
0: Breakers. Um, Another movie where it's supper for your art and what's the point? Yeah. Spring Breakers? Well, 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 oh, Lewin Davis. You're yeah, right. <laughs> well, it's right. your oh. arts robbery, Lewin
2: Davis is more <laughs> like I feel like this is JD's take, and I'm borrowing it, but and I, I love I, his take on this one, right? Where it's like life, you know, it's creativity, it's like this iteration where it feels like it's the same. Every single fucking time you're trying. But it actually is changing very slowly. Right. And that may or may not be good or worth it or, you know, progress even. But also that you're stuck in these loops. Right.
1: And, like, once a loop, you have an opportunity. Right. To actually, like, grab the brass ring. And you keep on, like, if you miss it, you will keep on finding those opportunities again. But the people who are self-destructive are destined to miss them over and over and over again. (sighs) 100%. right that there you witness in the movie like five opportunities he has to really do something good and he just keeps on fucking them up and the flip of the beginning and the end of that movie is just like it doesn't matter like this is just gonna repeat that's what I love about it's gonna repeat and most likely he will not someday get it together there's a chance one of these times he wises up and he sees clearly and he's able to like jump through the the hole when it presents itself and find success and happiness on the other side but most likely not what a great movie!
2: Uh, everything's bad. No, uh, <laughs> everything is not bad, you dingus. This movie uh, is beautiful.
0: This is the kind God. of movie where, and you don't even see her die. It's just there's a gust of wind, yes, and he like, knows. He like, knows. Yeah. Okay, Nirvana, dumb. Mm-hmm. We all know what? the song. Nirvana, dumb. Oh, oh, okay. The song. I you you were he wasn't calling saying them are, dumb, please. No, sure. more like David, dumb. Very simple for thinking. that. Yeah, yeah you dumb. Very simple idea from all sides. <laughs> <laughs> Very simple idea, and it essentially it's just like stupid people actually have, maybe have a happier life. Yes, right. This movie, seeing this, I'm like, I I, I want to be dumb. Yeah, I don't want to know all well, about your your
2: cipher. Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, yeah. right. I do not yeah. want to touch the ineffable like, beauty of I, I the world. I see all this, yeah. and it's I just, just want to like, be like, give me that, give me that. I'm like, I
0: watch this movie. I'm like, okay. How do I learn how to like football? Because right. maybe I can watch that <laughs> yeah. and that will help me get through living. I don't care if What it's- if we keep doing this podcast
2: but you're just like, yeah, I didn't watch the movie. You guys like football?" <laughs> it's Wait, good. And with guys, if our- you've been to Applebee's recently, <laughs> it rules. Okay, Applebee's
1: does roll. Oh. But no, but this is why half the stuff I like is dumb. You know, like all the show where people are like, why does Griffin eat all this terrible food? Why is he like all these <laughs> They're really coming things? at your diet. Why yeah. does he buy all these toys? And it's like, because half the time I need to like, just like this fucking dull my mind with things that are just like baseline enjoyment. Sure. No deeper thought. Right. And then the other half of the time I think about everything too much. Anyway, Applebee's has uh, had a big Long Island iced tea summer with
2: one dollar. $1. What are we, what's our running time at? 70 minutes. Oh, okay. 70 minutes? Yeah, it's pretty rapid for us. Briskest episode ever.
1: Um, what, I mean, we, we sort of talked about the end at the beginning. There's a breeze. There's a breeze. And he senses it's his wife dying. He sees the successful the launch of his plane, but then he has this final conversation with his uh, dream manifestation of his idol and wow. uh, trying to uh, reassure him. His, his, uh, Sort of guilt and his uh, second guessing of uh, the way he lived
2: his entire life. I'm trying to think of any other part of the movie we might have missed, but I guess not. Like, even though it's not a short movie, it's like two hours. Yeah, two seconds. Two hours and change. Right. Yeah. Um, it is pretty quiet, and the plotting is pretty spare. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. A lot. I mean, look, a lot of him just drawing and testing planes.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, gotta test those planes. Uh. Right. Should, should we eat them? Should we? hate them. Should we do the box office game? Sure. Um, anyway, this movie uh, is beautiful.
1: There was a thing... Well, maybe I'll talk about this first. It's a thing we've overlooked. And we recorded most of these episodes before any of them had come out, right? Uh-huh. We we banked these up. Yeah. Uh, so we, we recorded them largely out of the echo chamber of hearing people react to them. Sure. But when the NOSCA episode came out, and we're recording this right after that, yeah. um, I... Saw some people on Reddit pointing out, like, you know, the context that I hope you guys get to, which I can now say we did not in earlier episode, so I think it is important to talk about. Okay. Is that uh, his first two movies are adaptations, sure. right? One's adaptation of his own work, but a yeah. work that was fairly successful and long-running. And the other thing is an adaptation of someone else's work that was incredibly successful and super long-running. Right. But that the real dividing point for him is when he makes uh, Castle in the Sky. Right. Because he decides to found an animation studio on the principle of making original films, which at that time was pretty much unheard of. Sure. That people were not using anime to tell original stories, mm-hmm. that it was predominantly adaptations right. of pre existing works, continuations of long running franchises. The idea of making one off films based on no pre existing material, or being based on Western material or obscure sources, not being based on manga or folklore or what have you. Uh, was very bizarre and he kind of shifted the entire industry just by doing that by planting his flag by cast on the sky being successful by being able to continue running in that direction and make films that are just films and what is very much kind of the opposite of what we're experiencing today in our monoculture which is it's hard to just make a thing that is just one thing Mm. everything has to have the promise of it can go on forever and ever and ever in some sort of sense. Um, And he kind of flipped that script in a fascinating uh, way. And uh, this movie as a final film is like a film that uh, uh, not only wouldn't have existed if he hadn't had the career he had, Mm -hmm. uh, but also the notion of anyone making a film like this was kind of uh, absurd and unimaginable. And that he did sort of like expand the boundaries of animation in a way that – I don't know if anyone has done in Western culture with that level of critical and financial success. I think there's a shift in terms of what Pixar did that moved things away from the Disney model because the model was so binary in terms of an animated film is always a musical. It's always a fairy tale.
2: It's always this
0: kind of thing
1: with very little variation. But we still have yet to see people really
2: experiment with even Pixar really just ended up creating their own model. Exactly. Like it's not like they created a sort of limitless sandbox or whatever, you know, like. Right. right. And they to some have their own extent, uh, Miyazaki created his own model, but it's there's just
1: more the variation sense. within it. Yeah. And other <laughs> filmmakers within the studio established different models. Right. And, and also
2: other filmmakers t- did their own things outside right. of the studio. Right. He, the
0: then,
1: he made it a commercially viable thing for animators to be able to pitch. Uh, original films I, I just think it's a fascinating thing we hadn't talked about it and I didn't realize that until someone pointed out in the Reddit thank you to the person who I'm now not crediting because I'm bad at my job
2: I'm just gonna before we do the box office game yeah. that was all good a um, well, few things I wanted to remem- remember thank you for your support I support you fully and completely okay. um, Miyazaki created the manga just as a hobby yeah. didn't think the movie would be, it would be it could be turned into a movie because it wasn't for children yeah uh, but a staff member said the children should be exposed to things they're not familiar with. Mm-hmm. And Miyazaki was like, you're right. Crazy. Kind of the kind of interaction you'd love to watch. Mm-hmm. He'd uh, love he, to see it. he had loved to see it. He was inspired also by this quote from Hiro, uh, Um, all I wanted to do was make something beautiful, mm-hmm. which I'm sure is the kind of thing I get, like, judging from this film, he saw so much in, like yeah. so much tragedy and so much, story, yeah. you know, transcendence. Um. What else? Uh, was it Venice? Have you Toronto?
1: seen uh, uh, Tell Them Anything You Want? No. The uh, documentary about Marie Sendak that Spike Jonze did? No, I never have.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I never have. It's I a, am aware it, of it.
1: It's maybe one of my favorite films ever. Sure. And it's like 45 minutes long, so I don't talk about it. You can't talk about it. You're not allowed. It's Fight Club rules. Uh, no, but because it's like a, a long short, I don't think of it when I'm thinking about like movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a thing I probably watched 10 times. And Murray Sendak is a guy who has a similarly weird sort of like monastic approach to his work and his relationship to his audience and the purity of the work and his discomfort with the success and commercializations, the lives that some of his things have gone on to and all that. But it's like him at his home in his dying years – and uh, sort of looking back on everything. Right. And he was a very prickly man. Sure. Uh, and I think a very fascinating man. But he says this thing, there's this moment in it, and he's very uh, unsentimental. Right. You know, like, Spike Jones keeps on asking him, like, are you scared about death? And he's like, no, it's just going to happen. And he keeps on joking, like, I'll die tomorrow. I'll die tomorrow. I'm going to be dead. No one cares. I'm some guy. I made some books. Who cares? And he's like, Maurice, how can you say that? And he's like, none of it matters. Like, he's like very sort of flipping a battle. Like, I just showed up. None of my work, you know. It's I just was a guy. I did a thing. Um, but there's one moment that's, uh, you know, he talks about when his dog died and he almost cries. He talks about when his longtime romantic partner died and he almost cries. And the only other moment where he gets emotional about something is he talks about how he still feels like he has one work left in him and he never did another work. Uh, there's no other work from the time that they started filming this documentary. But the thing he says, he like closes his eyes and it's like he's imagining what the thing is. He doesn't have an idea of what the project is, but he knows what he wants the project to be. And he's like, I want to make something that is just so simple. Mm.
2: Mm. And he
1: says it with this intensity that has like haunted me. Where he could see so clearly, he's like, everything I've made has too much going on. (laughs)
2: <laughs> you know uh-huh.
1: and he's like what if I could make something with the bare minimum that had the same sort of effect mm. and I feel like that's like a big Miyazaki principle for as much as he puts into a lot of these movies it is the philosophy of like what's the simplest way to tell a very complicated story or to add very complicated creatures or visuals or any of that you know that sort of clarity uh, and this feels like his simplest movie in a lot of ways hmm and, uh, you know, if this isn't his final film, which it isn't, and uh, who knows if How Do You Live uh, will actually be his final film or not. Uh, I just, I hope it is it similarly s- simple. Okay. You know? How do you live? I, not well. We already did this joke.
2: Oh, also, um, this movie lost to Frozen for Best Animated Feature Film of the Year.
1: Of course.
2: I mean, it wasn't going to win, but. No, he got his award. That's how the Oscars That's, feel. Right. Despicable Me Two got robbed. Despicable Me Two was one of the nominees. Can you uh, name the other two?
1: Uh, okay, wait. So, Wind Rises, Frozen, Despicable Me Two. Uh, there's not a Pixar in there. No. And there's not a Leica in there. No. So the other two were the other two G Kids releases, or was one of them a studio release?
2: One of Studio. Okay. I don't think the other one was G Kids, but it was like an art movie. Huh, one of them's a studio. It's one I of the I No, major... uh, no, it looks like this was G Kids, the the art movie.
1: Is yeah. it The Red Turtle? No.
2: That was a couple years later.
1: In a couple years. I'm trying to timeline this. Was it uh like Secret of Kells? No. Nope. Or the, what's the other one called? It Song, wasn't of the the other C- Song of no. the Sea. No. Okay. No? What country? French or French Canadian? It's not Ernest and Celestine. It is. Okay. And then the other one's a studio film and it's not a Dreamworks or is it?
2: Uh I couldn't uh, Yeah, I think it is a Dreamworks. Yeah. You think it is a DreamWorks? Yeah, work. it's a DreamWorks.
1: And it's a first film. It's not a sequel?
2: No. What
0: the fuck is that? <laughs> what the fuck? is this,
2: this existed? Yeah, it existed. They're making a sequel now. What? Oh, The Croods? Yeah. What they, the fuck is
0: The some Croods? Some people speak up for
1: that one. I've never I seen it. I am not a fan. Yeah. Uh, that movie- uh, It's they, like
2: Caveman. Caveman.
1: Yeah, they have canceled, uncanceled, recanceled, uncanceled that movie-
2: I believe it's being made. Now. But they
1: keep on canceling it and uncanceling it. Uh, When I was working on uh, Nikki and Sarah Live, the MTV show, Mm -hmm. uh, that was supposed to be the daily show but about pop culture and for teenage girls, uh, in which MTV executives, uh, several weeks into the show, decided uh, we don't think girls like jokes and asked uh, two professional female stand-up comedians to put less jokes in their show. Um, The world's bad. But I... uh, was assigned to do a sketch that was based around Emma Stone and Ryan Reynolds were going to be in town doing a junket for the Crudes, And the bit was Nikki and Sarah, uh, uh, Nikki Glaser, Sarah Schaefer, going to go to the junket and ask Ryan Reynolds and uh, Emma Stone really dumb questions. Right. And the bit will be that I am in studio as their entertainment correspondent, but also the world's number one crude fan. And I'm really angry that they didn't ask crude-related questions. And so they went and they shot the interview and then we wrote our sketch and the sketch was no one cares about the crudes. The joke is that no one cares about the crudes. Write all the crude specifics in the world. Have him talk about the crudes as if it's like a sacred text. And it's just me flipping out about something dumb that I like. Right? Classic Griffin Newman bit. Sure. Uh, And uh, MTV killed the sketch because they thought we were giving too much free promotion to the Croods. Okay. And we said the premise of the sketch is yeah, that no, I heard you. no one cares about it. And they went, well, uh, you can't do it. And it was going to air. It was going to be live the next day. And they had already York, filmed the Saturday interview. Night? Live New York uh, uh, Tuesday night. <laughs> um, so they said to us, uh, you just have to rewrite the sketch quickly and just uh, have there be no Croods references. Turned
2: out very badly. Wind rises to transcendence. Sublime. Film. <laughs> Is that the same year as the Croods? You yeah. just said it was like, uh, you know, When, right, yeah. Nominated the same year. Nominated the same year. I thought that was the craziest note I've ever gotten. It's a weird note. I don't know. MTV's very stupid. Or was. I
1: agree, 100%. Seems like. I don't know, unless they want to hire us now.
2: Yeah, exactly. Hire us
1: right now, Viacom. Okay, box office game.
2: Yeah, all right. Here we go. Here
1: we go. Cut the crude story out or put it in three times. Yeah, put
2: it in, like, sprinkle
1: it through the episode. Sprinkle it a couple times. Yeah, right. Do a Pulp Fiction style. (laughs) Spread it out. Yeah, exactly. Right. Little glimpses of it. I don't know.
2: Yeah, make it a Patreon bonus. Yeah. But label it no don't listen. It's its own tier. Boring story inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. We zinged him. He zinged me. Oh boy. I'm just kidding. Rude. Um, more like rude story.
1: Even more like rude
2: story. Yeah, I mean, I'm just getting revenge for that dumb dig you did earlier. The Nirvana dumb dig. Oh yeah, that was pretty brutal, wasn't yeah, it? Ben? Fucking revenge for that. Revenge is sweet. <laughs> oh man. What if Miyazaki's like I'm going to do another movie. It's uh, called uh, Death Wish. It's a remake of Death Wish. It's about a guy who kills people. Like if he like, made like the most crass movie yeah. ever. He's like I've always wanted to make a really gross movie that sucks. He just it's does toxic adventure. Like, right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but no, instead Sexist said, Drone. Instead now. he's like how do we live? What's the message I should leave to yes. my grandson? Right. February 21st. Jesus Christ. Do just your mouth, mouth. Do your juice harp. February 21st, 2014. Right after my birthday. February 19th. No, it yeah, so 2014. Yeah. That's weird.
1: Why? Cuz it came out here later? Yeah, I guess so. What are you confused by?
2: Well, why do I consider it a 2013 movie? Because I believe it they had, had like a, a qualifying limited, qualifying, qualifying right, right, year-end right. like, release. That's like and not it, in the box right. office because they don't report that. Right, and then formal.
1: they waited to release it wide until the after dub. the Oscar nomination. And I
2: believe when they released it wide, it had the dub. I mean, you could choose. You think that was the
1: dubbed version of the film?
2: That's it. Thank you for clearing that up. Uh, it debuts limited, you know, 21 screens, makes 300 grand. but number four,
1: five, which is more than I thought this movie made.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this was also released
1: worldwide under like. Touchstone. Yeah. Like the other Miyazaki's, the other blues. They we were Disney. Right, right, and Disney was like, this is not a kid's movie.
2: Which it is not. Yeah. It has smoking as well, yeah, which they have. There's a lot of smoking in this movie, a actually.
0: Oh, it's killing me. It kept making me want to have a cigarette.
2: Well, smoking is kind of cool to look at in a movie anyway, but yeah. visually, you know, animated, it's very cool. Oh.
1: What if the next Miyazaki film, How Do You Live?, is, is just about juuling?
0: Yeah, he's like... <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love sucking on those sweet pods. Yeah. For the record, I quit vaping. Cool. I
2: approve. Cool. But you're smoking still. More. <laughs> <laughs> sort of, uh, you know, <laughs> up and down with you. <laughs> I quit vaping, but I added a lot more smoking to the sked. This was working out. <laughs> All right. The Lego. man, oh, fuck. I gave it. <laughs> number one is the Lego movie. <laughs> three weeks. In its third week, still number one. Uh, adding theater, it was a huge film. It was. People forget, open at seventy, ended up at two hundred and fifty. Yeah. Uh,
1: which is why the drop off on the second one is like so kind of uh, crazy.
2: But it's uh, they they killed the golden Gloos. They did. They did, did too it's much not the second one. It's the fourth one. You know right, what I mean? The that's the problem.
1: I mean, look, and we know that Lego Batman's a masterpiece. And we yep. stand. But Lego Ninjago is the one that I think killed the franchise. By having those two movies come out in the same year was crazy and we called it when it was happening on this podcast check the tape.
2: Okay, number 2. I believe it's it's opening this week. It's an action film. Okay. Uh with a, you know, a big star, but he's an older star now. I think he's going for a taken thing. Uh is it the Sean Penn one? No. You've worked with this actor.
1: Oh, is it uh 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 it's you a cost cos, it. It's a cost movie. It it's no. not Three Days to Kill. Yeah. It is that one. That's it. It's the McGee joint. Three McG, Days to Kill. I believe it's a relativity. I believe so. Haley Steinfeld.
2: Uh Haley Steinfeld's in that? I believe she plays his yeah, daughter. Yeah. Amber Heard. Yeah. Connie Nielsen. Yeah. What's it about? He's got three days to kill or something. Yeah, and she's
1: his daughter. I don't know. Mm. I just remember it coming out underperforming, going like, oh boy. Because uh, uh, draft day was like uh, three weeks away,
2: but I mean, this is such a nothing, whatever. Anyway, came out, made thirty million bucks.
1: That was supposed to be the corridor of like he's know. in Jack he's Ryan, and then he's in Three Days to Kill, in. and then Draft Day is gonna come out, and he's gonna b- reclaim the title. Didn't quite. Go Didn't that
2: happen. Way. Well, Draft Day still remembered though. I, three Days to Kill is not. It is not. Third film is um, it's like an epic. Period. Mm. I guess it's an actioner mm. from a director I admire, but I've never seen this movie. And unless we go do them on the miniseries, I probably never will.
1: Hmm. You admire, but you've never seen. And it. I feel
2: like we were just talking about this movie. Is it like based? I mean, you said it's period. Is it like it's based, based on, on a like true a historical story? event?
0: Yeah,
1: it's based on like a real historical event. Yeah. Um, like a tragedy or like a triumphant event? Tragedy. It's a tragedy. Yeah.
0: It seemed like it sucked.
1: Yeah, no fun. This isn't like Pompeii, is it? It is? Another movie that like, just like, oh right, that was a thing. There was like a Kit Harington. Kit
2: Harington, uh, Emily Browning. Right. Kiefer Sutherland? Yes. It's got a very weird Jared cast. Jared Harris, Carrie Ann Moss? Yeah, very Maybe I should see it. Weird cast. Is there
0: any
1: chance it's good? I feel like the reviews were terrible. I think it was probably Quentin Tarantino's top film of that <laughs> year.
2: He always Paul puts W.S. a WS on his top ten. Well, I like WS, but uh, yeah. I don't know. Seems a little boring. Also, it's just one of those movies where they're like, well, life's good here in old Pompeii. How's the uh, mountain doing? Looks good. No trouble there. Anyway, it's off to work for me. And you're like, when's it going to fucking blow up? You know, come on. I know what it does. Be good if you made a movie called Pompeii and it's just set it like another time. And they're like, and the mountain never blew up.
1: Sure. Uh, wait, was this its opening weekend? Yeah, this movie like really, really did not open connect. to ten. Yeah,
2: gross twenty three. Yeah, weirdly made ninety four foreign, so one hundred seventeen worldwide. Yeah. Made eighty percent of its money overseas.
1: Crazy. But Kit Harington's like a couple years in the Game of Thrones at that point, and they were like movie star. And then he hasn't really led any movies since
2: then. He's been busy with Game of Thrones, I know. which is no, I am not. You know. I'm
1: I, saying Miller Clark's done more stuff outside. Some of the other people have done more stuff outside.
2: Yeah, I since then, I mean, well, seventh son. Is he the lead in that? No, he's in it.
1: He's in it. Right?
2: Uh, ben Barnes is the son. He made a spooks movie, which is uh it called right. MI5 in right. this country. Yes. Um uh, that's kind of it.
1: Yeah, and he was in the,
2: the Xavier yeah. Dolan movie. Yeah.
0: Oh, well, King of the North, you know. King. But you know of what he's funny
2: in North. is the um the 7 Days in Hell. Oh, yes. He's so funny in that. Yes. The you know the Andy Samberg yes Guinness movie. TV Oh, World. I didn't see that. Yeah. It's really funny. Um okay, next film on the old A uh, film I like. think you just find personally objectionable. I hate it. I don't know if you've seen it, but you object. I object. I think you've seen it.
1: I think I've seen
2: it and I object. It's a
1: remake. Uh is it the RoboCop remake? Uh, no good you have seen I have seen it yes I saw it even when I was still not watching the Robocop sequels I went, I went to see that it yep. is uh, not good no It makes a lot of really really stupid choices um sure
2: is he not a Robocop
1: yeah that's one of the biggest <laughs> dumb choices
2: okay now the fifth film mm-hmm. here was uh sort of a prestige film but it's coming out in February
1: mm. a pushback
2: Possibly. I don't okay. remember if it was. Yeah. Um, made like 80 million. Wow. 154 worldwide. Monuments, man. And like, you know, completely forgotten. Yes. Big Cass, Clooney, Damon, Bill Murray, Kate Blanchett. That, that was John definitely Goodman. a pushback
1: because they thought like six months earlier, they were like, I mean, this is going to fucking sweep the Oscars, right?
2: It did have that good Shepherd, uh Well, the names, you know, the right. names. Right. Um and uh when I interviewed Clooney he was like I think I fucked up Leatherheads. I don't think I fucked up that movie. I wanted to make that movie. I wanted to make like an old-fashioned 40s men on a mission like pretty straight down the middle movie and that's exactly what that movie is. I have never seen it so I could not confirm or deny. Uh
1: that's weird because he famously has a bunch of emails that came out in the Sony hacks uh that are them? him yes apologizing to Amy Pascal for (laughs) fucking up the movie. Uh, Here's a headline. George Clooney racked by guilt over monuments, man. Sony emails show.
2: Well, that's not what he said to me. He
1: uh, he emailed Amy Pascal. Well, he
2: hated the reviews. Oh, okay, okay, all right. Yes.
1: Uh, He said, it's getting worse. He needed protection from the reviews. Let's just make it a hit. I haven't slept in 30 hours. It's 7 a.m. She said, we will protect you by making money. That's the best revenge.
2: Man, I kind of...
1: And he responded... I adore you, Amy. You're literally the only person running a studio that loves film. Possibly. I fear I've let you all down. Not my intention. I apologize. I've just lost touch. Who knew, said Clooney. Sorry, I won't do it again.
2: I I feel for the guy. He wants people to like his movies. I know. Sheesh. That's a little bleak, right? Well, I mean, he keeps getting to make things, obviously, because, yeah. you know, he's famous. Yes. But, uh... It's kind of nice to know that he wasn't like, well, fuck the critics. You know, who cares?
1: No. like was like emailing her. He was like, I'm about to get roasted like a Kenny Rogers. It's a like Kenny Rogers in here. And uh, I, like, I fucked She's like, it's okay. Up.
2: We'll make money. It's all right. Yeah. And he's like, eh,
1: No. No, it's not good my enough. My fault. Uh, it is kind of crazy how uh, none of the films post-Goodnight and Good Luck have uh, connected. Yep. That's the most successful one. 100%. And it's a movie that uh, no one remembers. No. And was certainly greenlit with the intention of this is going to fucking sweep. He got an Oscar nomination for the Ides of March. Yeah, which is very bizarre. You got a screenplay nod? I believe so. I remember them saying like, uh, how does this like at this point change your career to get a screenplay nod? Because he was already rolling like 10 nominations deep at that point. And I remember him at some press conference going like, well, it's a big deal for me actually because if I'm like directing and starring and producing a film and they want to hire someone else to write it and I think I'd like to write it myself, I'm able to go like, hey, look, I have an Oscar nomination. So it makes me look a little more sort of uh, verified as a screenwriter. And I was like, oh, thank God, George Clooney. Now has the leverage to convince <laughs> people a studio let him to let too. him do a fourth job on the thing. I
2: think that was a, a issue he had.
1: He worded it that way. I understand that, but I'm like you, you, No, of course not. They yeah, let him yeah. do everything. Right. He makes these movies, they let him do everything. Uh Suburbacon, Leatherheads, Ides of March, Monuments Man. Am I forgetting
2: one? Uh that's it. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. He produced yeah. Argo. We wanted to ask her for that too? Everybody oh Yes, that. we told
1: him to Argo fuck himself. And he gladly accepted. Right. Man.
2: So, Miyazaki, we got to do a bonus episode because uh, we can't end it on Clooney discussion. Well. Can't end the miniseries on, like. Anyway, yes. so in conclusion, George Clooney won an Oscar for producing Argo.
1: Yeah. And a supporting Oscar that no one remembers.
2: Yeah, well, that's why when everyone's like, when I've been like, Brad Pitt might win this year for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, yeah. people are like, oh, he's not going to win for supporting after all these years. And I'm like, George Clooney did exactly that. For that was exactly what
1: he did. Right. A film that like no one has talked no. about
2: since. Well, what if Siri, uh, Syria, but also Iran and also,
1: you know. I did not until this moment realize that's what the title is. Yeah. I've never seen that film. It's okay. Yeah. It's not the worst. From the director. Of- Gold. Single baby adventurers of Doctor Dolittle. Well, what a great end
2: to a miniseries! It's not the worst movie. It's basically just a movie that's like it's real fucked up over there, and it's kind of America's fault. And you're like, mm. got it? <laughs> like, Copy it. that. Right, right.
1: Uh, but you know, it's not our fault. I was gonna say this podcast, but it is explicitly one hundred
2: percent our fault. Yeah. Ben is basically absolved from blame. Yes, <laughs> it's the two of us. It's both at your fault. fault. Yeah. Now, come on, Miyazaki. I do know that he. Yes, he's been overloading your emotions. Yeah. Uh, we're 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 free of that experience. We're gonna watch Whisper of the Heart at some point. We're gonna watch a documentary, maybe. But like, that's basically the end of Miyazaki. And
1: look, we're gonna do uh, this bonus episode. It'll drop on Thursday. We're gonna cover the documentaries. Uh, uh, name the two titles because I'm forgetting The Kingdom David Kingdom of Dreams and Madness and the other one is called
2: uh, let me look it up
1: okay uh, but then we get to go into Demi which is going to be yeah. fun because we haven't had director that varied in a good little while
2: it varied and also just like uh, you know like, some of them are just going to be silly genre movies, especially early on. God, I'm excited. It'll be like, for that. remember, and it was just like a man's got a gun, and he don't like that
0: guy.
1: Yeah, right. I'm excited for that, and I'm excited to watch the goofy comedies. Yep.
0: So I think we'll have a, a, a schedule mm-hmm. out. Yes. Um, that will. Uh, Lay yeah. out basically the miniseries because mm-hmm. uh, we do have some uh, other things that will sort of uh, be coming out from new releases. Right, yeah. We got a cover. So, all and, that yeah. you can refer to our uh, Twitter, yeah. our Instagram for the schedule. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's all good. Good. You got to
1: make this episode end with a bang,
2: dude. I'm trying to find the name of the other documentary, which I did watch. Because that's the one that has the AI zombie. That has, man it's about right. him coming out of retirement to do Borrow the Caterpillar. Right. Um, I don't know. Okay. A Never Ending Man. That's there what it's called. There we go. There it is. There it
1: is. We're doing Never Ending Man, Kingdom of uh, uh, Hopes and Dreams. What's it called? Dreams and Madness. Dreams and Madness.
2: Um. So check in for that. Check in for Demi. Uh. We already did the Joker and the Gemini Man episode. God, who knows how those fucking things went. Yeah, who knows
1: how Talking
2: the Walk 2019 went. <laughs> Bunch of questions. That's marks. coming right up. Oh, really? Mark. Yeah, that's next week.
1: So by the time you're listening to this, we will hopefully know exactly what we're doing. Because right now, I we hope. don't.
2: Yeah, right. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yep. 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 I would like to say this. Go ahead. I think that if somehow mm-hmm. I ever have children,
1: yeah, which is crazy. Yeah. The world I want to live in. Me too. It's it. This is it's the future that liberals want is yeah. multiple hostlies running around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stomping on the dirt. If you ever have children, Gene's I'm going to
0: show them Miyazaki movies. Yeah. Cool. For sure. Yeah. I think there's a lot of really great... I can't really wait to do that. Great values yeah. in, in his films. And I'm really... Uh, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. For introducing me. well, oh, Griffin's idea to do this, too. So thank you, Griffin, as well. Well,
1: but my idea was to have Capitalize David introduce me, too. Him, right, right, right. right. Cause Cause I, except, I will,
0: except maybe, like, the heavier ones. Yeah. Probably not for kids. You, you know, build to them. Yeah. Thank you all very much for listening.
1: Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. <laughs> Thanks, to Andrew Guda, for our social media. Uh, Joe Bowen and Pat Reynolds for our artwork. Liam Montgomery for our theme song. Uh, go to BlankiesAtRed.com for some real nerdy shit and T Public for some real nerdy shirts. And go to Patreon for some more real nerdy shit, including uh, uh, bonus shit like uh, Talking the Walk 2019 coming yeah. up. Tune in next week for the start of Jonathan Demi. We're doing the first That's 30- right. There's not Roger gonna be a break because we just had this. We've gotta, we gotta get going, and we we, going. we had to do two new releases. Right. But uh, uh gotta get going on Demi. Crazy Mama, KP Fight waste. Mad. Yep we're doing three Cormans in one episode. That's right. One of them is practically impossible to watch. But we've figured it out. Sure. Um Yes. So anyway, thank y'all for listening. And as always, Miyazaki broke me. Which would you choose? What do you mean? I didn't point.
2: Wow. 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 It's
1: taking like a dramatic pause.
2: Wow. Okay. Go Mater.
1: ahead. Mater. Okay, ready? Get, uh, there are going to be clear points. I'm ready. Okay, ready? What Which would you choose? A world with podcasts or a world without? What do you mean? Humanity has always dreamt of listening, but the dream is cursed. My aircraft are designed... I fucked it I fucked it up. Let me take it again. Here we go. Which would you choose? A world with pure
2: <laughs> <Fuck>. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Descending into chaos. Okay,
1: ready? Perfect. Ready? Gonna nail in one.